Off top, do you know that you've never actually touched anything? Or no two separate things have never actually touched each other because we're made up of atoms and the negative, negatively charged electrons that surround each atom do not allow them to touch. It's just a sensation that you feel. Play the music. It's the Dominique Foxworth Show. All right, Charlie, did that make any sense? It did. It did. I, I'm a. I'm going to be a nerd. I actually knew that. This is the oh, first one of these yes! facts that I actually knew. Good, good, good. That makes me feel good because I'm not sure how well I delivered it, but if it makes sense to you, then we're good to go. That's kind of weird, though. I mean, never, ever. So, like, that catch that jefferson made the one-handed one that on fourth and 16 that he took away from someone trying to tell me he never touched it i don't know i guess there is no such thing as a catch anymore i'm falling deep into a rabbit I hole guess des, des didn't catch it <laughs> yeah uh cowboys fans will dif- disagree but they're back in lambo getting l's again like they always do all right charlie i see that you got some games for me that we're gonna yep. play i'm excited about this let's get right into it let's not mess around give me some games Okay, so the game that we're going to play today is called Pick Raider. I want you to rate the hotness of takes on a scale really from, you know, 1 to 10, 1 being a Bill Barnwell nuanced take, 10 be, being a Stephen A. Smith scalding hot take. Oh. So it's really, a, 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 the scale is really from well actually to unmitigated gall. But we'll go 1 through 10 for it to make sense. An example of like thoughtful is, hey, Let's look at the totality of Josh Allen's season. He's been hurt. There's injuries around him. Then the other end of that is a tape, take from uh, Troll King Skip Bayless, who put out today, I miss Cooper Rush. So those are oh. examples of like hot, thought, thoughtful versus hotful, I guess, is the way we'll put it. Oh, I like that. All right. So it doesn't even matter. The, the quality of the take is more about the intensity of the take. And I feel like I'm going to add a degree of difficulty at some point. All right. Give me the first take the rate and see if I can... If I can rate it and then add a degree of difficulty. Okay. And I think, you know, quality and hotness go together here. But the first one, the Bills are not the best team in the AFC. Beyond that, they aren't even the best team in their division. Oh, <laughs> that is a hot take. Um, I'm giving that seven on the hot scale. And I feel like the degree of difficulty that I can add to this is I feel like I should either turn the take up or turn the take all the way down turning it up is more fun so i'm going in on this one and i i'm gonna agree with it i don't know if i believe that but i think i can convince myself that the dolphins are the best team so even if you want to put aside that early season uh win and you can blame it on the weather which i'm not sure is fair you can blame it on a bunch of things but that was when the bills were at their best the bills aren't that anymore Uh, anybody who's been watching the bills the last several weeks aside from the josh allen uh, ups and a lot more downs than he's had the last few weeks. The defense is fully depleted. The D-line is still the healthiest portion they have, but they're going deep and with the linebackers and with the safeties and the strength of their defense, those safeties, and they're putting more pressure on the corners. And you saw what Justin Jefferson did when you asked those corners to play uh, against receivers of that level. So at this point, we often forget that the teams aren't the same. Right. Forget year to year from week to week and from the beginning of the season towards the end of the season, teams are different. So if we assume that Tua is back to his peak form or even better than he was before and that the injury was a momentary blip, then if we could like, I guess, imagine simulate what the season would, be, would have been like without Tua ever getting injured, I'm not sure that this take would be that damn hot. Yeah. The the Dolphins offense has been pretty impressive all season long. Their defense has been not so not the same, but they added Chubb, which should help their defense get better. Their secondary is going to get healthy at some point, which is the strength of their defense. And I think this take. Yeah, I'm turning it up to 10. I, I might I might walk this take around town. I might take Let's this go. take and roll it out on TV real soon, because I think it's it's a. It's reasonable. The hardest thing about leaning into that take is it's all Josh Allen dependent. The right. game that the that the Dolphins beat the uh, the Bills, Josh Allen threw for 400 yards, but he was not very good in that game. 
or he was very good and also very bad at the same time. There were passes that should have been intercepted that weren't intercepted. There was fumbles. There was that errant passes at the end of the game that could have won them the game. And I think if Josh Allen plays his best game, they win. And that's the hard thing about this is inherent in this is Josh Allen is not going to black out. It's like Josh Allen throwing four red zone interceptions in the last two weeks is, is stunning. And I do think, I mean, one thing I think is crazy is you have all of these, you know, empathetic talking heads saying this is a gladiator game. It's a combat sport, not a contact sport. And we applied that completely to Tua to, a, to adjust his performance after the second concussion when he was knocked out. But then this is crazy that the more significant injury for the team season is Josh Allen getting his elbow stretched back when he was trying to throw the ball two weeks ago. Yeah, um, I guess, but I didn't see the elbow being an issue. Yeah, it didn't seem. I mean, I guess you could say that high ball to um Stefan Diggs that he caught anyway, e- anyway, could have been on the elbow. Unbelievable catch. Yeah, that was an unbelievable catch. And you forgot about it because yep. Justin Jefferson went off in that game. I guess you could point to some accuracy issues, but it didn't seem like he seemed like the same old Josh Allen. It seemed like his issue was with decision making. And I know quarterbacks aren't football players, but that one is. Yeah. <laughs> that one is in in all the good ways and the bad ways where he wants to run people over yeah and he also like makes reckless decisions that like linebackers make and except you're throwing the ball and then trying to punch the ball out when I think Patrick Peterson was already down after he threw the interception with that injured arm like at some point he's gonna have to become a quarterback and I guess that also like limits his ability to to completely go off and black out and beat any team out there. But I like this take. I like it. We're going to turn it up to unmitigated gall status. And I, I might, uh, I might walk it around a, a few more hours and see if I'm going to roll it out on the main streets or get up on Tuesday morning. Got a couple two two additional things on the dolphins that might just, you know, bolster the pushback you get on it. One, they still haven't lost a game this year that two has started and finished. Uh, I know wins are not a QB stat, but that's a nice little thing to have on the back burner. And then two, the Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert combo, they couldn't run the ball early in the season. It looks like they figured out Mike McDaniel and the Shanahan scheme, and they have two running backs to know to do it. They're both really explosive. Yeah, that that helps a lot. I think that it really comes down to the running back decision making. Uh, The running back performance prior to this trade was like, significantly lower than what the expected yards were, which suggests to me that it's about reading holes. And I'm not going to pretend like I see all the holes that they don't see, but it seems that there's been a difference made. And that's the crux. It's amazing that their offense has been as productive as it has without having an effective running game. Yeah. That's the scary part because the crux of all Shanahan stuff is why we enjoy the scheming that uh, exploits linebackers and safeties in play action, being able to run the ball. You go all the way back to the nineties with uh, Mike Shanahan, that's always it. It's like we can run the ball even without a dominant offensive line or a top-level running back. But if you get one in there who is top-level, it gets really scary. All right, what's next? Now let's talk about the play of the week, the pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, on Yeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish, shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest 
with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DF today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DF. All right, next one. Justin Jefferson proved your theory about wide receivers wrong. He's a slot guy, at least half the time, who totally changes the way the defense can and has to play the Vikings. That's just a wrong take. It's not up or down. Like, I think that playing in the slot is different than being a slot guy. Okay. So I my my like issue with slot receivers is not even an issue, but it's like they're moved to chain guys. What I want is a guy that scares the shit out of a defense. Right. And it doesn't matter to me whether he's in the backfield, whether he's wide, whether he's in the slot. Uh, Justin Jefferson, they move him there, they motion him there, and it gets uh, it gets some quality matchups. The point is, when you're playing defense, and I think I view offense from a defensive perspective, which is why athletic quarterbacks scare the hell out of me, yeah, because it's it feels impossible. And from a cornerback's perspective, uh, and my guess also is a defensive coordinator's perspective, the worst thing you can do is give up big plays. Right, like, I, I'm down to live another day if. I'm on Ross St. Brown is cooking me in the slot for eight yards a pop. It sucks, but like, I'm going to hope at some point they make a mistake or we make a big play. But if Justin Jefferson is running a seam or a corner from the slot and is going to pick up 30, that's going to crush me. So yeah, I, I, it's not even about the positioning. It's about the, I think when I say slot guy, I'm just meaning like, traditional Patriots right. slot guy that's just trying to move the chains and ain't trying to hurt you. First downs, not chunk plays. Um, got it. Yeah, I hate chunk plays. I feel you. Okay, well, I want to stick with the Vikings on on this next take. Um, and it's because I was looking at the gambling lines for today. Did you know the Cowboys are a point and a half favorite over the Vikings next week? And I did not know that. And I think that if that's the case, if that's what Vegas is going to say, if that's what the public's going to say, I'll view the Vikings as the co-favorite in the NFC. A true co-favorite if they beat the Cowboys next week. If they beat the Cowboys, a true co-favorite, it's impossible. No, I can't. I can't. I can't go with that. Because the Eagles have been, well, they haven't. I was going to say they've been unbeatable, but they haven't been beaten. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it's not even hyperbole. Like, they actually have been unbeatable. They've played the Vikings. They're unbeatable against the Vikings, worth noting. Yes. And they destroyed the Vikings. Yeah. And the game that they played in that big Vikings win, we have to give them credit for that win. But I didn't walk away from that game feeling like the Vikings were a dominant force. It was like a Kirk Cousins was not good. He was up and down. But when he was bad, he was really bad. Uh, Dalvin Cook had a monster run and it required Justin Jefferson to like make three catches that nobody makes regularly, even even him. Like It just feels like they are good but I, I wouldn't put them on co-favorite levels with a, a healthy eagles team i think that they're still going to be second it's going to take a lot for uh, outside of injury to eagles key players it's going to take a lot for me to move anybody else up there to have to be in the conversation in the nfc with competing with the eagles and i i mean i guess is the, it just cousins that's holding the vikings back there no i mean their defense has issues they're up and down there i think the cousins part is a huge part of it though it feels like it, which Jalen Hurts doesn't have as long a resume, which I think it's helps him in this here. argument. Yeah. Yeah. It helps him in this argument. It's like he's not as experienced. His little bit of experience wasn't great in the playoffs. But right now, we still have that, like, what he, what he can be look. And we already know what Cousins is. Cousins is, is an above average, I think, yeah. NFL starter, like a real franchise quarterback. But he, is not going to be a, a world beater, even though he's good at the end of game situations based on their record the last few years. Yeah. The thing I think is a little bit interesting about the Vikings team, and I am just as guilty as everyone else is not taking them seriously, is that now that I'm actually like looking at them in big games, they have a lot of good players on their offense. And early in the season, there were all these numbers that Dalvin Cook was a much less efficient runner because he wasn't breaking out big runs. If yesterday, or Sunday was indicative of the fact that he's going to break off some occasional big runs. He's a chunk play guy. Justin Jefferson's a, ch- a chunk play guy. Adam Thielen's still a really good red zone receiver. And TJ Hawkinson, who I think a lot of people wrote off as TJ Blockinson when he was in Detroit, 
you know, he has 16 catches in his first two games with the Vikings and looks like someone who was actually taken at the top of the first round. That's like the second draft edition of someone who's another actual weapon for that team. Yeah, but the defense has lots of issues. Patrick Peterson is playing well, but he's old. They have two good pass rushers, which uh, this is why you can't write them off is because those Zadarius Smith and uh, Daniil Hunter are like their takeover the game type of guys. And they and uh, Pat Peterson could create an interception here or there, which could put them in a situation, but uh, put them in a, a good situation. So, like, could they beat the Eagles? Yes. Would I bet on them to do so? Absolutely not. It's just there's too many weaknesses on this team relative to that that Eagles um, roster. And beating the Cowboys is a different conversation. I could see them beating the Cowboys. Man, the Cowboys game. I, I don't even want to talk about that game specifically. If it's in your questions, it's we'll not. go into it. But it's just it's just all right. What, what do you got next? All right. Uh, I, I skipped the Cowboys one because I thought Skip Bayless's take was just hilarious if I miss Cooper Rush. Um, it was a, it was enough. Okay. The next one I have is I think for a lot of this year, we have said Saquon Barkley is the best running back in the NFL. He's the best runner in the NFL. That's the phrase that I want to focus on here. The best runner. I don't think he is. I think Justin Fields is the best runner in the NFL. Better than Saquon Barkley at running the football. I saw Justin Fields in the man's day. And I know the man's name, but I'm not going to say it because Justin Fields, a quarterback, ran right into a safety on the goal line. And that safety didn't play another snap for the rest of the game. And that wasn't even Justin's second, first or second most impressive run. I feel like that might have been the third most impressive run. Running away from Jeff Akuda was number one. I would say no. Um, so first of all, that is a 10 on the scorching hot take scale. It's an absolute 10 on that scale. However, you have to take into account the advantage you get when you're playing, when you're running the ball as a quarterback. And part of his advantage is the scrambling and his ability to throw in the position that the defenses are in. So given the same circumstances, if we could ever get a defense to behave towards Saquon the way they would for Justin Fields, I think Saquon would do better things than Justin Fields is doing. And if we put Justin Fields in the backfield, and let uh, Daniel Jones hand him the ball with no receivers, I don't think he comes close to the performance that that Saquon, uh, the games that Saquon has been able to create. So I'd say I love it as a take. It's a 10 for the scorching, hot, unmitigated gall ability of it. The Stephen Aness of this take is a quality take to get people talking and get people thinking. However, when I really buckle down on it and think about it, just a, well, then I, I start imagining what he does to people in the open field. And Lamar's not in this conversation at all. So, which means you put Justin Fields over Lamar as a better runner? Uh, I think so right now, actually. Um, I mean, he's certainly, uh, Lamar's more versatile. Is I, I don't want to insult Justin Fields. He's more complete as a quarterback. And I know he's more elusive, but yeah, Justin Fields is just so damn big. And like, yeah, here's, here's a stat from NFL fast. research from when Saquon Barkley got drafted. There have been two players, 230 plus pounds, who ran the 40-yard dash in 4.4 seconds or faster. Vernon Davis or Saquon, and Saquon Barkley. And the reason I bring that up, <laughs> that up is like these guys are freaks of nature. But then you look at Justin Fields, who's also above 230 pounds, and he, at his pro day, was just a smidge above 4.4. So physically, yeah. he's not that far off from those guys. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's impressive. Uh, it's something I wouldn't want to deal with. What they have there is the hard part. They found a quarterback. They got to build around him and make his life easier in Chicago. Um, I, I went on uh, Jason Goff's podcast this morning, recorded it. I guess it'll probably come out today, too. And we did a deep dive on Justin Fields and the fans over there and the roster and Ryan Poles and all that stuff. But they should be encouraged. They got something there that's special. Figure out how you can build around him. I don't know if I like the Claypool edition, but they're stockpiling picks. They're moving on guys that they don't think will, will be on this uh, the same timetable. Uh, I don't know how I feel about the Roquan Smith, but yeah. we'll see how that goes going forward. We'll, we'll be watching that, and Justin Fields will be watching it too because his whole career is in their hands. He's must-watch now. 
He is, he's the red zone MVP of the season. That's hands down. It's he's taken over that channel. But my question, I did one other question because we had joked earlier in the season about they, he should demand a trade. I guess we could say that we joked, but I was pretty serious about it. I totally agreed with you. Yeah, me too. I kind of think that he shouldn't, even though they're losing, because I think that you might say they're not developing him properly, but I kind of think that the last five games, they are putting him, him in position to succeed. And I think that's all you can ask for with a young quarterback who has certain limitations. Absolutely. No, I, I think that they, maybe he should not demand a trade anymore. The um, Claypool edition is not one that I like. We'll see what they do this off season. But uh, that is when I think the rubber really meets the road for Justin Fields because there are so many other teams that I think, I don't know, anybody who drafted before them, I feel like would be in better shape right now than, and Justin Fields might be in a better position. The 49ers come to mind, yeah. first of all. It was like, the that's Bowl, the first yeah. one that comes to mind. It's like, they, with Justin Fields out there, they, they might win the Super Bowl. Maybe even with a healthy Trey Lance, because we don't know what capability he has. And that was the, that, the, I actually, I couldn't separate the two, because when Trey Lance got drafted, the reports were he had the highest ceiling because he was such a special athlete. Um, Justin Fields is kind of exactly what we were hoping Trey Lance would be this year. Uh, you know, Shanahan and the talent around him, we were expecting a slightly more efficient passing game because we've seen that with, you know, Nick Nick bleeping Mullins. But the overall physical dominance that we were expecting from Trey Lance. Jimmy Garoppolo's not good, guys. Is, is, yeah, is we'll Nick Mullins? Oh, oh, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Right, let's, go, let's go to that one next. Okay. So there was a stat that was on the Chiron yesterday that Jimmy Garoppolo is 10 and 2 in games. He hasn't thrown a touchdown pass as a starter. Amazing stat. Here's Here's my take. Could be our take. We'll see. The 49ers can make the NFC championship game without Jimmy Garoppolo throwing a touchdown pass in their first two playoff games. I'm not saying they're going to beat the Eagles. They can make the NFC championship game. Uh, So we're looking at Seahawks. We're looking at Colts. We're looking at Vikings potential. That is a very hot take. That's the it's, it's up there in the eight range for the heat of the take. I don't believe it true, though. I think Jimmy's going to have to throw one of those screen passes <laughs> that Debo can take to the crib. He's going to have to do that at least. Um, if you put some air yards on that, uh, yeah, if it's a, a 10 plus air yard touchdown, yeah, I'm with you. But uh, yeah, he's going to throw a screen pass to, uh, I don't know, McCaffrey or or Ayuk <laughs> or somebody. So and he's going to get a touchdown for, for 30 yards. That's what happened last year to playoffs. Well, this is and this is the thing. You look at that now that Eli Mitchell's back. Two explosive guys in the backfield, three if you include Debo, um, Christian McCaffrey and Eli Mitchell. The receivers, Ayuk is a different player than he was when he was in Shanahan's doghouse. They have um, Debo. They use George Kittle as a blocker, but you have to imagine in high leverage situations, he'll get the ball even more. That's legitimately five guys on the field with Garoppolo that can take the ball to the crib at any point in the game. That's really stunning to have that on an offense. That's everybody. I mean, it's literally you, you put Lyman, Lyman in there too. I mean, Trent yeah. Williams could take one, could, could take one too. Oh, yeah. So there's six. <laughs> that's yeah. I mean, let's talk about uh, having it made. They, they really are set. Like, I, I really, the injury to Trey Lance, uh, you remember the beginning of the season, this was one of my, yeah, top four, and I thought they would probably make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, oh no, actually, I picked them to lose to the to the Eagles because of Trey Lance's age, but they still might make it anyway because that talent is it's impressive. The skill talent they have on that team and the way that defense plays, yeah, and it's impressive. All right, what's next? Defensive line's getting more healthy. Okay, next one I got. Uh, Giants fans are gonna hate this one, but Kadarius Tony looked incredibly explosive in his first game back after being hurt his entire time with the giants, which he said was uh, not the case this year. Kadarius Tony is going to be the number two option on that offense after Travis Kelsey. And that's a game changer for the chiefs. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to alter this take. He is going to become the most important weapon on the chiefs offense. Wow. Including Travis Kelsey. Let's go. Including, I mean, this is just, it's a, the least surprising take ever if you know me. 
because he is a big threat, big play threat. And that is what I would be concerned about. Not that Travis Kelsey's not, but he's different. He's a tight end. He's a move the chains guy, maybe big, big plays every now and then. He's not a blow the top of the defense type of player, which I see uh, Kadarius Tony is possibly growing into that. He has all the tools, I guess, you would want from somebody special in that position. Athlete. Special, and special he has athlete. Patrick Mahomes throwing him the football, which it makes everybody a little bit better. So we'll, maybe get a little bit ahead of ourselves, but I think there the possibility for him there is huge. So I'm going to give myself a 10 by jumping all the way to the end of the game and saying that Kadarius Tony will be their most important receiver. Did you see the catch that he made where he high pointed the football and adjusted his gloves? Like his glove got knocked off when he got pressed at the line. I was like, okay, this is someone who's actually moving at a different speed that he could do something for style points before high pointing the football. Absolutely. All right. Next one for you. You're going to hate this one. The Cardinals are better without Kyler Murray. <laughs> yeah, that is a 10 on, on heat and a one on accuracy. Uh, I could get behind Cliff Kingsbury is better without Kyler Murray, maybe, but Kyler Murray Murray's just too talented. It's just too talented. I know he hasn't been good this year, but the ceiling on, on the Kyler Murray uh, experiment is much higher than anyone else's. I mean, I, the argument for it, I think, is someone play within the system type of stuff, yeah. which means that you're, you're banking on Cliff Kingsbury being able to out-scheme. So I guess if you believe that, you also believe that Cliff Kingsbury is an NFL quality offensive mind who's being hampered by a player who, refu- who refuses to study or or um, follow the system, right? That's that's the argument that you're making, and I I just can't go that far because I can't extend Cliff Kingsbury. And I guess it's not fair of me because he's had success offensively in college a bunch of places, and we've only seen him with Kyler Murray. And so if Kyler Murray is sabotaging his offense, then I guess. He sabotaged it his entire time in in the league. But no, he's too talented. It's stupid. He's just too talented to and they paid him as such. So maybe Cliff's not there for long. I think the the ceiling for the team is better if you find someone who works well with Kyler, not someone who works well with Cliff. Yeah. I mean, did you see that clip in the uh in the hard knocks episode, the in season hard knocks of DeAndre Hopkins telling Kyler Murray not even to look at him when they went back to the sideline? <laughs> Uh, because, you know, he's looking over at Colt McCoy, a lot of high fives, a lot of hanging out on the heated benches, a lot of getting Rondell Moore of the ball in space. Happy team, happy life. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Maybe they'll be happy. I don't believe but... this take. I just you know, I had yeah, to kick the kid down the road. I like it. All right. So the last take is obviously Jeff Saturday is coach of the year, right? That, as of now, hands down. But the last take that I have. I could guard Tom Brady on a wheel route. <laughs> yeah, that's that that is a perfect take because it is accurate and hot. Um, yeah, I think you absolutely could. You're like still in good shape. You still participate in athletic endeavors. Tom Brady does not. Yeah. I don't care what you what you say. Tom Brady does not participate in athletic endeavors. I think Tom Brady at 35, you might be able to guard on a wheel route. So I absolutely <laughs> believe that uh Men of average intelligence or intelligence of average athleticism could probably run with Tom Brady on a wheel route, especially if he can't stay on his feet. Right. He just hit a slide and a kick tackle. I guess that's what he was doing. And since he was in Germany, he's going for the, the old slide tackle. It was a mess. That was such a bad decision by everyone involved, like calling the halfback pass, then choosing to throw it and Tom Brady's kick slide. It was a mess. It was hilarious. If they had lost that game, that highlight would have gone way, way more viral. It would have been butt fumble-esque, but they won. Man, Gino was sharp at the end of yeah. the game, though. I mean, he's, I, I don't know. I, I feel, yeah, I, I feel like explaining away the travel from the West Coast all the way to Germany is the reason why they had a slow start and they lost. But I, I still feel better about the Seahawks than I do about um, Tampa Bay coming out of that game. Call me weird, but. 
No, I like Gino. I think that's fair. If you're, I mean, like the 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 bright spot for Tampa Bay is they got the running game going, and Rashad White looks really explosive. But TBD if that holds up because they haven't run the ball well all season. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play, and. Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. How we do gambling? Uh, not great. 0-3 this week. But I blame that. Like 0-3? Really? Oh, really? God. I think that, you know, we should have been 3-0, and but we were 0-3. Like the Cowboys, like it. they blew that one. The Cowboys had had the cover for us at minus five. But Mike McCarthy, thanks thanks for giving us a loss there. You didn't want to see us, see us succeed. Uh, the Chiefs. Isaiah Pacheco, thanks for that that red zone turnover because we were one touchdown away from covering the over in Chiefs Jags. Um, oh, so that oh, one, oh. write that off. Good decision, bad outcome. And the third one, Seattle versus the Bucks in Germany. We we just explained that they were the better team. Weird game. Yep, I like it. Well, we're zero and three, but I like the logic behind our bets, and it. Uh, oh, we're zero and three this week, so brings us to five hundred. This is really depressing. I was really proud of the fact that we had been staying over five hundred, but this is how it works. You gamble long enough, eventually the house catches up. We need a good week. We need a good week. Get us back on top. All right. Anything else? You want to hit any other sports or should we go to Roses and Thorns? Roses and Thorns time. He's so good. How is Dominique been lately? Bad or good? Let's find out. This is Roses and Thorns. I should really get a better background. I've been saying this. The f- you can turn the wine cellar into a recording. Like, just we just have to throw up the new wallpaper. I, you're making me sound rich. You're the only one who's rich. Talking about turn the wine cellar, you didn't even catch how rich that sounded because you've been rich for so long. Dominique, let's really shut up, okay? Let's really shut up. Let's as in you, but I'm trying to say it nicely. No, we don't drink wine, but our house has a wine cellar in it. But it's like become just a messy storage room, and we finally got it cleaned out. And now there's, but it has like it's not all wine racks. It's like a storage room. It has this ugly green flat wallpaper. But you could put up pretty wallpaper and make it your studio. You're being such a bomb down there. I like it. I want to okay. maintain three, my, my two, roots. one. They already recording. I already said everything else I was say. Welcome. Oh, uh, no, not welcome. We don't say welcome. We say no, normal. You count down. I know, but you already counted down for me. And then I say something to the effect of time for everyone's favorite Foxworth. Ashley, my wife, roses and thorns. What up? You're everyone's favorite Foxworth. You don't believe that. No one believes that. It's fine. I'm I I, I was going to say that I'm polarizing, but I don't polarizing suggest that there are lots of people who really like me and people that really <laughs> hate me. I feel like there are people who really hate me and people who think I'm all right. <laughs> like, I don't I don't feel like there's a fervent fox hive. I guess it would be a hole, maybe. Fox hole, that is so good. Oh, my gosh. If ever you like were to spin off another this spin off. Well, this isn't a spin off, but like it should be called the fox hole. Thanks, buddy. Um, All right. Roses and thorns. First of all, I feel like the YouTube audience needs to know that you are breaking out or something i don't know like you i don't know you are much more concerned about the way things appear than i am so i wanted to make sure that if people are watching they should recognize that ashley's rich mother skin oh my god shut up it's too 
delicate it's sensitive it's not rich it's sensitive yeah i mean rich people i know but it's so weird because i was using products that i've always used why are you so close to the camera because i'm looking at it we just to be clear edit that out you're the only rich well, that's actually, not blush that's just my cheeks are red in this house it's rich except for me must be nice oh my god yeah he likes to, to perpetuate this narrative by working perpetuate from a dungeon narrative in the basement it's not it's not a, okay you guys you and your spoiled children and your spoiled cat like to perpetuate this narrative by getting all types of things all the time and i don't get nothing but a sad by getting a face breakout you're saying that's what makes oh, me no, no, rich no, no, is no. my yeah. face is breaking out yeah i mean rich people can afford to have so no this is this is uh one of my many theories of i evolution. can afford benadryl yes you can money bags. i've only taken one i can. really want to take both but i have stuff to do today guys but i think my skin needs two benadryls and then i'll be knocked out all day anyway let's let's get to the roses okay, yeah, let's and thorns. start roses and thorns introducing everyone's favorite I like your sweater. it actually is really expensive <laughs> i'm sure it was i'm sure that sweater costs uh uh a used don't cost, guess but... don't guess um my earrings though were not aren't they cute it's um it's a black owned instagram it's on Instagram, but a brand called Humans Before Handles, I think. And uh, we out really here giving fun. out free ads. We ain't giving out free ads. All right, get to these roses. And uh, well, I'm trying to get an ad. I don't think anyone who's listening on ESPN wants to buy my earrings, but I'm just saying, like, it's Christmas coming up. They might need to get some earring gifts, and then they can just be like, you know what? You know who wears these? Everyone's favorite Foxworth wears these. No offense. As you said, you don't have a foxhole. No one is checking for you or for me. Anyway, roses and thorns. I actually am rose heavy today. The thorn that I was going to share is more of a thorn against myself, I realize. Um, so I can go ahead and get that out of the way now. My thorn is that I feel like there have been a few times this week where you just got on my nerves. Like, you just say some and it just annoys me. Like, and I'm just like, ugh. And then I find myself in a stank mood. But if I'm being honest, I'm just in a mood. And like anything that you could say at that moment is likely to get on my nerves. And I think what it is, is that we've talked before about how you're an introvert and I'm an extrovert, but I don't know if it was COVID that did it to me or just like getting older and having to deal with more different types of people and then just wanting to like recoil and not have to deal with anyone sometimes after dealing with different types of people. I show more like introverted tendencies in my older age. And like, even and I'm, they're also new to me. Like, I don't know how to respond to them. The self-awareness is impressive. Like to oh, recognize no. <laughs> that you are no, it's not self-awareness. To recognize well, that you're upset is. at me, but then realize that you're not actually upset at me. Because you come a long way. Because if I remember, I don't know how long ago this was, but I was like receiving the silent treatment from you for like days on end. And eventually And he was loving it is the thing. Like I think I'm being pissy. He was like, Yes, she finally shut up and won't talk to me. <laughs> but, how can we restart the cycle in a couple days? eventually you divulged to me that you was mad at me because i cheated on you in your dream attitude and i know and love the girl too it was painful for us all three of which us one, in was my it head. one of your friends which one i don't it? want to talk about i'm gonna put her name in these three what she look like she, I mean, mm. tell me. she doesn't have gray hair oh uh, well i'm not, i'm out i'm out all right, so. <laughs> but anyway it's not that it's really self-aware in the moment it's not self-aware at all in the moment i'm like legitimately annoyed with you and i can pinpoint why in my mind like yeah. like you asked me a question that i feel like you didn't have to ask me but it shouldn't have annoyed me to the extent that it did the reason it did is because really like i just got back from dealing with like these people at this thing yeah. or those people at that thing and i just want a minute to myself but i'm not used to wanting the minutes to myself like like i always <laughs> want to be around you but maybe i want to be around you quiet or i want to be around you like when you haven't just taken out everything in the kitchen to do a really nice thing to clean up, but like, but like you're in the kitchen and like, that's my space. And I don't want the kitchen to be junky right now, but I want you here like neat and quiet while I <laughs> get my shit back together. That's funny. Cause um, you... But that's, it's new to me. So like the only reason I realized it though, is because I was writing down the thorn of how you've been annoying me this week. And I was like, what is all these instances have in common? Me. I was in a fist mood. I've noticed that I want to be around you more than I used to. So maybe it's uh, I mean, that sounds bad. It sounds like I don't want to be around you, but like you always want to be around me. So like I when I want to be around you, I'm already around you. <laughs> so I've noticed a couple of times this week where you weren't like trying to find me. And I was like, well, I, I would like to be like around, you just walk around the house. I'm like, honey, I noticed that you like you. um you like to go out with your friends and stuff 
and go on dates and do all just generally be out and around people more than me, which I feel like people who listen to this regularly know that. But I've also noticed that you go through these extremes now that you didn't used to, where it's like, I'm done going out. I'm so tired. I'm not I make doing these anything statements. I'm done for again. the whole fall. I'm never <laughs> leaving the house again. And then uh, three days later, you are out to dinner back with to your the friends. Streets. I would sing Janae I go back to the streets, but we all know I can't sing, so I won't. But yeah, no, I do. I like to be in these streets. I do. But then I like to be tired of them because I'm like literally just tired. Like right now, honey, we are about to be tired for the next like four weeks because our daughter, first of all, last week was just a week for so that's my thorn by the way like that's pretty much my my worst thorn which is more about me than it is about you you're phenomenal our last week our kids were like sick off and on a lot like everyone seems to be sick right now like you have kids if they are healthy and in school say your gratitudes to whomever you say gratitudes to um but ours have been like in and out of school like I haven't had a day without them and finally Thursday I think they're all at school and everything's good and I get a call right after I finish volunteering at school like I've gotten back home for them to be like, hey, you still here? Well, come back. One hurt herself. So our youngest, Emerson, who's a self-taught gymnast, was doing backbends at recess. And she gets mad when I say she was doing backbends. Mom, it was one backbend. It was my first one. And I hurt myself. She speaks a little funny, but, you know, they say it's nothing wrong. Um, but anyway, she broke her wrist or fractured her wrist in two places. It wasn't a wrist, it was a forearm. Okay. Well, upper wrist, whatever. Um, my son gets mad if we say broke because he's like, we're giving her injury too much credit. It's not a full break. And he's a little bit jealous that Emerson got the first cast in our family. But um, and it's it. like a cast up above her elbow and she's six. And at night, it's just like it itches her and it bothers her. So she comes in our bed and like hits us and kicks us and like swings the cast around, like injuring us. And so I think we'll be tired until she gets that cast off. So anyway, so that's just she, say I won't be out in these streets. It just hit me that you um that she is very strong and athletic and also kind of adventurous. But apparently she got your weak rich people bones and it's a bad combo. It's a bad combo. Why have you never broken a bone and I've broken a couple bones? Not since I was in first grade. That was the last time I broke a bone, though. So um, slavery, probably. Dominique. What you know? I like to get awkward. I mean, I was in the my fields. ancestors were slaves. We was in the fields. I mean, some of mine probably were. <laughs> half of them. I would say more than half. We're not gonna get into this, okay? We're not. Okay. We're not gonna get into this, okay? So anyway, I'm just trying to be nice and be kind here. That story reminds me though of another one that I was telling someone recently. So one of my roses for Dominique is. That remember, I think last week he was, I was saying how he was trying to annoy me by frying this turkey that I didn't want him to fry. And he was doing a practice turkey. He did it on Friday. It was so good. So that is a rose. Your mm. fried turkey was phenomenal. The story that it reminds me of is that at my kids' school, they're really great about celebrating cultures. And so when we went in for a roots presentation, which is like in kindergarten, you go in and you talk about like your family's history. And so you get to learn oh, about yeah. different cultures in the class. We go for my sons and you're supposed to bring in like cultural foods, right? And my son loves fried fish and I fry fish a lot and greens. Like, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's still his favorite vegetable, but he used to really like when I would make collard greens and kale. So we bring them in and I, by the way, don't even cook them because I'm like, screw this. I just go to the local grocery store's hot food bar and pick them up. But you actually do make- I know, I didn't make the greens. I know, I make them at home all the time. Yeah. But the thing was at 11 a.m. I was like, I don't feel like frying fish at 10 a.m. to bring these kids. Like, screw that. I'm getting it from Giant. So we went, I went and I did make the greens. So I made them the night before. So we bring it in and the kids, kindergartners asking questions. And one of them asked my son, so why do black people like fried food? Do you remember his response, Dominique? It was so embarrassing. It was, uh -uh. he stood up and he said, well, when my mom starts cooking the fish, it's white. When she finishes frying it, it's brown. We like fried food because it makes the food look more like us. Oh my gosh. And I had to, I was like, no kids, no. Like, like I was like, I was trying. I don't remember that. Most oh my God, I'm glad you walked it out. Well, time. I mean, the, the, the real answer is even more uncomfortable. <laughs> I know, I know. That's the best we could do. Anyway, but he fried a turkey though and makes it better. It makes it delicious. We came up with some great stuff with our frying, but your fried turkey was so, so good. I used it to make soup yesterday, like the carcass. It was so delicious. So that is definitely a rose. And I think generally it's just amazing how like anything you decide to do, once you decide to do it, you do well. Like mm -hmm. you are like a man of so many talents. And I feel like 
like growing up when people would be like, oh, you know, tell us what you're good at. What are your talents? Like when the be like things to make you feel good about yourself, right? Like, oh, like you're filling out a little paper, like, my name is this, like, here's my birthday, here are the things I'm interested in, here's what I'm here are my talents. I feel very talentless. Like I'm smart. Like you find me attractive, at least Dominique, which is good for me. But like I'm talentless. Like, like, and that's, that's all not a talent me. though. No, exactly. Yeah. And being smart isn't a talent. I have zero talent. I never have had a single talent. Like I ride Peloton bikes a lot. <laughs> but you don't. So I think that I don't think this so. is this is I have uh, hobbies now, which I didn't even used to have. But I don't, don't have any talents. Yeah, I mean, shopping is a hobby, I guess. <laughs> it's not a talent. That's it is actually. I mean, the way. So I think this is just a difference in us personality wise and mentality wise and also probably for men and women because. No, other women have talents. No, no, no. I actually think that you are probably have more like talent and potential in, than me, but like you characterize it. Uh, like, I don't know. You generally not specific talents. No, you talk. I mean, talent is I'm comfortable with this. No, I'm not trying. I, you know me. I'm not going to lie to you just for the sake of lying to you. I would agree if I thought it was true. But I think the difference is like talent is the combination of like your effort with whatever skills you have and you have enough skills to have a bunch of talent. So what are you saying? I exert no effort into anything? I don't know which is worse, uh, man. Pretty much, yeah. And I also think that you like, to the point that like I get good at things is I am delusionally confident, whereas as many men are and you as many women are, are like the opposite where it's like you, you need to, I mean, at least I think the research supports that women feel like they can't do a job until they're like triply overqualified and men are like you know what give me a couple weeks I'll figure it out <laughs> and that's generally my idea and I normally figure it out and the thing is like all the things that I figure out I I know that if you would try you could figure them out but you just don't have the desire to but I don't know this is an interesting it's just the the real analysis of this is like you I actually think if you, if I stayed at home and you like applied yourself in the world, I think we'd be better off financially. Okay, this whatever. is getting a little bit deep. I'm talking about basic talents. Like when I was little and they would talk about talents, like people, talents, arts and crafts, playing sports, like doing double dutch, um, gymnastics, like talents, like in the way that- Those least, are like, physical, right? So yeah, you I know, are so not what, the best athlete. Singing, singing, drawing. Yeah. Like I have, I'm not talented in, in the typical ways and it's comfortable. I'm I'm getting good at cooking and my old, like COVID forced me to become good at cooking, but I don't know if I would call that a talent. It's like, I have to feed my family. Um, and I hope that they- eat. I mean, it's obviously a talent. Cooking's a talent. Like you very, you're very. I mean, I'm not about to have like a cooking show. You know what could be a fun cooking so like, show though? Neither cooking am I. Parties. This is absurd. I know, but when I say like talent, I know that's true. I mean, you you have the talents. You just choose to say that you don't because I don't know. You think it's what's another? Okay, okay. What's another one besides cooking? I mm, was a Disney podcast. Dominique, you're just trying to get around answering. What's another one besides cooking? Um, I believe like your eye for um art and like aesthetic things, like the way that you. Um, the way that you that like style yourself and your friends and family and wear a us. rainbow sweater with rainbow earrings, <laughs> like a like only a lunatic would. Yeah, that combo is a lot. Personally, I feel like you've been doing that a lot lately too. Where you used to be like, all right, there's one accent piece, but now you go accent on top of hard. accent, just and you. Just... I only get this little tiny square on YouTube. I might as well, you know, That's have true. all the accents. Adi might cut my rainbow out, so at least I have Adi these rainbows. Never. Adi loves your rainbows. Um, like yeah, you're right. I am very good at styling. There you go. Those are talents. All right. Um, back to Rose and Thorns quickly. Um, you've been just being super helpful. Like, I think I think maybe it's like from guilt, like because you feel like, oh, I leave a couple of days a week. So then when you're here, you're like, what can I do to be helpful with the kids? Like, like you've been like leading like the laundry charge, like putting helping them put away their laundry. Like they can do it themselves but it's messy. So we like to help them do it a little bit um, every now and again, at least. So I've noticed that you Emerson with her cast. Now it's such a headache, but you wash her hair. You've been helping them with Sunday school, um, but you have been helping them with their son. I'm Catholic. So we're raising the kids Catholic and they've been doing Sunday school homework and listen to Dominique help them with the Sunday school homework when he is a self-proclaimed man of not faith um, has been pretty funny. And it's very sweet of you to help them with that. Um, even though it's oh, yeah. my responsibility. There's, no, I mean, it's fine. It's, we share the responsibility. They're smart kids. They'll figure out what 
what works best for them. Like, I, it's not that I I'm not opposed to like religion. I guess I just also understand that it serves a purpose. The idea that someone has the right religion or the wrong religion is what like rubs me the wrong way more than anything. And I've come to like I've matured to a point where I don't like make fun of people who have like obscure religions or people who are like into like stars and planets. That's fine. So like that's that's what I'm thinking when I'm talking to the kids or I'm helping them with Sunday school is like, I, I think it's something that really helps a lot of people. And if they find it there, that's fine. Or if they just find it from meditation, more power to them. My last thing is a thorn. And it is has to do with, we've talked about for my anxiety, which I feel like is, yes, somewhat my anxiety, but also it's like I married someone who doesn't properly assess risk. So I, like I said, like at all, does not have any consideration for risk. Outrageous. I was downstairs working out on the bike. I like to use my Peloton. So I was on the bike. And he comes downstairs with our daughter, who's three days in her cast, and she's six years old. And we have a big treadmill that explicitly says not for 13 and under ever, especially not for a six-year-old who just got a cast. And she wants to get on the treadmill and go jogging. And he's like, okay, you can get on the treadmill. And you only let her walk. That's true. But like, no, she has a cast. She slips on the treadmill that she's not supposed to be using in the first place. Like, she gets hurt badly. Um, And he was like, I'm going to go upstairs and leave her here for five minutes. And I was like, and I was in the room, but clipped into the bike. So I was like, I can get off. And I was like, no, like, it's not that I don't want to get off. It's that there's no reason she should be. So that was one time where I felt like I was um, annoyed with you. And I was like, that's one that I'm not going to take. It's just me needing my own time. Because you really were like, why, Ashley? And I was like, because she shouldn't be on the treadmill, period, let alone with like a cast up above her elbow. And she oh, said she got off the treadmill. And she didn't ride. I, I you're you, you were rolling your eyes and sulking. So yeah, I wasn't sulking. I did roll my eyes, but it's like your idea of risky behavior is incredible. Why does like, she need to be on the treadmill? She doesn't need to be on the treadmill. She was just walking. It wasn't that bad. She didn't. We got her off. But this is all true. CPS don't come to my house. The idea that you think that this is risky behavior is mind blowing to me. Like, do you know anybody who actually like? like takes part in like real risky behavior <laughs> no but it's an it's a risk for it it's a for a six-year-old who's not supposed to be on the treadmill at all period walking on the treadmill in a cast where she's supposed to be like limited from physical activity she could slip on the treadmill and hurt herself and mess her arm up even more we're mm. lucky she didn't need surgery like to me yeah that was unnecessary oh, if, you, if you can't if you can't walk without falling down then you deserve surgery Boom. Okay. I don't care if you're six or not. I have to go. It was really great. It was really great talking to you today. I have to go. Goodbye, Darwinism, baby. This is the person that you're listening to. Darwinism. All right. Thanks to the great team. Christina, Adi, Sarah, Charlie, I guess. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. Bye. And you guys for listening.